Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Mary Harris, WNYC's health editor. For six months, we worked on companion pieces to PBS's new documentary, Cancer, The Emperor of All Maladies. And for me, the series was more than just a job. It was my life. Because a couple of months before we started calling sources and brainstorming story ideas, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And a few weeks after that, I found out I was pregnant. This is my story. It aired on NPR. Mary Harris found out she was pregnant at about the same time she found out she had breast cancer. Her remarkable story is the next part in our series, Living Cancer. Harris is the health editor at member station WNYC. We're collaborating with them on this series. And as we're about to hear, she recorded her experience along the way. For years, my husband Mark and I had been wrestling with the idea of having a second kid, a sibling for our son, Leo. I love you, but I'm drawing a comic book right now. <laughs> Two weeks after we decided to try, we found a lump. There's a chance this could be bad, but it's probably not going to be bad, and let's just act like it's not going to be bad, and if it turns out to be bad, we'll deal with that when it happens. I was so pissed. I was like, this can't be happening. Like, we've just finally made this decision after, like, years of debate that we're going to have the second kid. And all of a sudden, this thing gets in the way, and you know what? 80% chance it's going to be fine. This is going to be fine. This is Mark and me a few months after we found that lump. The biopsy was on a Thursday. We were supposed to get the results on Monday. And that weekend, Mary says, basically, you are going to get me pregnant this weekend. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. <laughs> she didn't say it exactly Did like that. Did not say it like that. But I think in the back of her mind was the sense that this may be, like, in, I mean, in retrospect, that weekend was actually the last chance that we were ever going to have to try to have a second kid. Because then on Tuesday, she discovered that... Monday. Mon- well, Monday, she got the call saying, come in tomorrow. The doctor told me we found a one centimeter tumor. Small, but I needed surgery right away. And trying for a second kid, that was over. And then the day before I was supposed to get a lumpectomy, routine blood work showed I was already pregnant. I think we were stunned. I was just stunned. Because the thing to remember is, like, at that point, everybody was treating this, like, really bad news. We just started weeping. We were like, oh, my God. Like, what what are we going to do? I think the knee-jerk going by the book Safest Decision is... You have an abortion, and then you have surgery and and chemotherapy. That's Marlene Myers. She's my oncologist at NYU. We never wanted to consider termination, but I told her the plan is not for me to have a second kid and leave Mark to raise the two of them. There was like a real like, you know, my God, like, are we going to have to terminate in order to move forward with Mary's care in an acceptable way? Everybody was like terrified. But we knew they had to get the tumor out. So we decided to do the surgery hoping the fetus survived the operation. The initial news from my surgeon, Freya Schnabel, was good. When the pathology report came back, good margins, good lymph nodes, whoa, that was a really good moment. But Mark and I couldn't relax without visiting the obstetrician. It was the first time I heard a heartbeat. But we weren't finished. Patients in the third trimester, we know now that it's safe to give chemotherapy. But Mary's in the first trimester. Chemo. Oncologists have begun offering it to pregnant patients after the first trimester, but no one feels particularly comfortable with it. And it seemed impossible that the treatment could be safe, especially for the baby. One of the only people to study all this is a doctor named Frederick Amont in Geneva. So before I made any decisions, I asked him for advice. The chance that you recover from the disease is independent for your pregnancy, actually. And the baby? 
if you put 10 children on a row and you say two received chemotherapy during pregnancy, you will be unable to identify these children. He sounds so matter-of-fact, but he gave me permission to do something that sounds crazy. Keep the baby, get the chemo. We told Leo he was going to have a sibling, a baby girl. Do you actually believe I'm pregnant? Do you actually believe you're going to have a baby sister? I kind of believe you. I believe you a little. I kind of do not believe No one, including us for a little while, like really wanted to get attached yeah. to this baby. It's just harder not to be worrying about the health of the baby when like all of a sudden like you can feel her kicking and you can see her as like a baby on the sonogram and all that stuff. The closer we got to starting chemo, the worse we felt about it. I mean, I think the chemo is going to be really hard. My, like, first real communication with my child is going to be chemotherapy. I just feel so guilty because I feel like I got myself into this <laughs> pickle and I kind of dragged another person with me. Which I don't understand. I, I know, mean, you're you like, don't get it at all, no, but I feel like, so you bad. you managed to get yourself. You're like, I see the pregnancy window <laughs> closing and I'm sliding. I'm like Indiana Jones. I'm underneath that, like, closing door. I don't care if there's giant boulders coming after me. I'm slipping through. The safest chemo to give during pregnancy is nicknamed the Red Devil. And three weeks after I started treatment, my hair began to fall out. All right. Are we doing it? Shave yes. it. Start the shaver. I mean, you here's the thing. It's pulling out. We're pulling the Band-Aid off, baby. You know what? Why is this so much more emotional than anything else? Um, because when you walk down the street, you're going to look like a cancer patient now. By the time I finished chemo, I was eight and a half months pregnant and totally bald. Every week, I got a new ultrasound to make sure the baby seemed healthy. She's growing. (laughs) You know, who knows? Like, hopefully she's not growing in some weird way, but she's growing. It was making me a little crazy. Now I'm really preoccupied with really minor details. Like... I need to get the room painted, and, like, I need to buy sheets. I try to, like, make it up to her, you know? Like, be like, look, I have all this, like, stuff for you. So I'm in the car, and my mom is says her water broke, so I'm going to have a sleepover. I'm going to be kind of scared for my mom. All right, Leah, we got to go see Amelia. You ready? We named her Stella. A few weeks after she was born, I had to head back to the cancer center for radiation. Sometimes they played music to distract me from the heavy machinery. And then, after all that, it was over. Sometimes, now, Mark and I talk about what things would have been like if I hadn't gotten pregnant. The cancer treatment would have been simpler, but it all would have been so much sadder, too. My surgeon tells me now I should get back to normal. I mean, I just have so much life left. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know if I'm going to keep seeing you. Okay. Um, You have another breast. Right. You're a young person. You got another breast. (laughs) There is a chance of recurrence on the left. We also, all of us, all of us, are going to be very happy for you to get to a place where breast cancer doesn't define you anymore. Right. Right. 
I don't know when I'm going to feel like we're okay. She's okay. Did I wreck her fertility? Did I make her have heart issues later in life? Did I affect her intelligence? Who knows? It's the worry of any parent, but it's magnified. But whenever I look at her, I know that she looks perfect. She yeah. looks perfect. I did the right yeah. thing. This is really some somebody who needed to come into the world. So <laughs> we're going to expect great things from her. Exactly. No pressure. No pressure. It's Mary Harris talking with her doctors and family. Her story was produced by Paige Cowett. Our series, Living Cancer, is produced with member station WNYC and with WETA, whose documentary, Cancer, the Emperor of All Maladies, will air on PBS next month. Support for Living Cancer is provided by the Susan and Peter Solomon Family Foundation. Additional funding for WNYC's medical science reporting is provided by the Iris and Junming Lee Foundation.